Okay, so let's get started with Parsha's Balak, Tafshin Ayin Aleph, from broadcasting from Camp Cayley in Wurzburg, New York. Here we are, and uh, get into Parsha's Balak, second shear from uh, from camp. Okay, start off with uh, two little thoughts, and then we'll get into some uh, other ideas. Just two little thoughts. Oh, I'm sorry, could just get, get, get some Chumashim. Forgot to... Uh, Bring some chamashim. Start. We'll go in order in the parsha, but we'll start off with a thought from the from the middle of the parsha when uh, Balak was was going to hire Bilam, as we know, is the main portion of the parsha until Bnei Yisrael do the Avera at the end. But most of the parsha is the story of Balak and Bilam and all the brachas and the what was supposed to be klalas, uh that that Bilam gives. So in Parachah Beis Pasachah the pasuk says that Bilam took two Na'arav Imo. He took two lads, two young men, with him. When he was going to, to curse the Jews. Shneina Aravimo. This is a beautiful thought from the Gera Rebbe in source number one, from a Karasal Shabbos Oneg, where he says, we know that Avram Avinu as well, when he went to do the Akedah, thank you, everybody can take a Chomish, uh, when he went to the Akedah, he took two Naram with him. Right, so Shneina Aravimo, and he also took Shneina Aravimo. Right, this is in Parachav Beis, Pasichav Beis. Um, right after, Right after uh, Shlishi, Hashem was very upset that he was going. He put a Malach Hashem to stop him. Two Na'arav. So what's the connection between Avram Avinu and and Bilam that they both had Shnei Na'aravimo? So he says fascinatingly that there's a Mishnah in Pirkei Avos. The Mishnah. There's only one Mishnah in Pirkei Avos that mentions Bilam and Avram Avinu. Both of them. If you look on line ten in source number one. The Mishnah in Perkei is quoted. Whoever has these three Midos, then they are, they are, that's a reflection that they're a Talmud of Avram Avinu. And whoever has the other, the opposite three Midos, they're a Talmud of Bilam. What are the three Midos? Eye in Tova, a good eye, always looking pleasantly and positively at, at the other. Ruach Namucha, a lowly spirit, not being haughty, but being humble. And Nefesh Vela, it's similar to Ruach Namucha and Nefesh Vela. There are differences. Look in the Mepharshim. But those are the three Midos. Somebody has those three Midos, they're like Avram Avinu. And the opposite Midos, Ayin Ra'a, and Ruach Gavoha, and Nefesh Rechava, right, a, a high spirit, a Rachav spirit, that's Mitamid of Shabbat Marasha. The word Na'ar is an abbreviation of these three Midos. The word Na'ar, right? There it goes. It's in order. Nefesh Vela and Ayin Tova and Ruach Namucha. The three Midos that identify you either as a Talmud of Avram Avinu or as a Talmud of Bilam Arasha, that's included in Na'ar. Vehu Na'ar, and that is what is meant. Vishne Na'aravimo. They each took their Midos with them when they were going to do the Akedah, when he was going to to uh, curse the Jews. That's what it means. And the second to last line, Ki Kol Echon Mehem. He took the three midos that were ingrained in each of them. The three that they tried to take and the three they tried to distance. That's the the Shnei Na'arav that went with Bilam and Avram wherever they went. Number one. Um, good. Number two. Second uh, thought before we get into larger discussions. So that is from the Aznayim LaTorah. We made this idea in other contexts in the past, but if you look in Perachav Beis Pasuk now back towards the beginning of the Parsha, as we go in order. You know, Balak hires Bilam to, to curse the Jews. The Pasuk says, Vayishlach Malachim el Bilam ben Ba'or, Pesorah, 
He sends Malachim to Bilam, he sends Malachim, he sends messengers to Bilam to try to convince him to come. Lemor. Hine Am Yatsami Mitzrayim, there's a nation that went out of Egypt. Hine Kisas in Haaretz Vuyeshimimuli. It's, they're huge, they're, they're numerous. Kisas in Haaretz, and they're here. Lechanarli, come. Lechanarli, Lias Haamazeki, Atsumu Mimeni. Curse this nation. Vachulu, Vachulu. And they come in, and he says, you know, please take care of these, please take care of these people for me. It's an amazing ha'ara that Rav Saratskin picks up on in source number two, twice in these two psukim. Balak does not call the Jewish people by their proper name. Already in Sefer Shmos, they're called B'nai Yisrael. Throughout Sefer Shmos, they're called B'nai Yisrael. And yet, Balak does not say that name. What does he call them? There's a nation out there. There's a nation that I need you to... And by the way, that nation went out of Egypt recently. I don't know if you've heard, Bilam, but it's a nation that there, there was uh, Kriyas Yamsuf, they, they have Monfall, all these... Israel were probably not the most unknown nation at the time. Right? They were pretty well known. And yet, Balak does not say their name. What does he say? It's blatant. Once you see that Ha'ara, it's blatant that it's as if he's Badafka not saying their name. Am Yatsami Mitzrayim. Aurelius Ha'amazeh. Says Rav Saraskin, that's the point. He doesn't want to say their name. Why? So we've mentioned in the past in one of the Haggadah Shirim that saying someone's name is a reflection of love. That's one of the answers that we quoted in the past from Abel Shechter, but the difference between the Chacham and the Russia. In the Haggadah, even though they both kind of say similar statements, Ma'avod HaZos and... That is the what the Russia says in Maha What's the difference? All the, almost every Haggadah asks, what's the difference between the Chacham and the Rasha? They both seem to excluding themselves. So we've mentioned that the Chacham says Hashem's name. Saying a name is already a reflection of a certain identification with a person's with the person. When we say somebody, right? That's why if we are close to someone, we could call them by their first name. If there's a certain if we have to keep the distance, we have to call them by their title. Mr. So-and-so, Mrs. So-and-so, Rabbi So-and-so, Dr. So-and-so, right? That's, 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 create, that's just to give him covet, but to create distance. That's why little kids always call their, their friends by, their, by the last names. Somebody wants to call my house. One of my, one of my uh, kids' uh, friends, I called and said, hi, is Rosner there? I said, yeah, he's talking. So he's like, no, no, no. And I forgot which, I think it was uh, my, uh, my 11-year-old. Uh, but yeah, so, because the little kids, there's, there's not that, that deep connection. I mean, it might be a little different, but uh, that's one idea. Rav uh, Saratskin goes a, a different route. Ra'i L'tzayin. First, the Ha'ara is amazing. It says, Ra'i L'tzayin. Let me make the Ha'ara. She'bechal ha'parsha, lo zachru, lo balak, lo bilam, shem Yisrael. He doesn't mention Yisrael. Milvaba nevuas. In the nevuah, in the prophecies that Bilam stated, then Yisrael is mentioned. Because that's God talking. That's not really Bilam talking. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is talking through the mouthpiece of Bilam. So there, Yisrael is mentioned. But Yisrael is not mentioned other than that. Why? They were scared. Balak was scared to mention the name. Why? They knew that Yisrael, maybe they knew that was the name the Malach gave. Maybe that was part of the Jewish lore that was passed down from generations. They knew his name was Yaakov and Yisrael, and it symbolizes that they de- he defeated the Malach. So Yisrael reflects a certain victorious nature, a certain power to the nation. That's why they didn't want to say it. They didn't want to conjure up those feelings that HaKadosh Baruch Hu. 
When they hear the name Yisrael, then it might, up in heaven, uh, make, give rise to defense attorneys. That's why he says Am. We know Am is always a, a lowly term. Am a lot of times symbolizes the Erev Rav throughout Pasha's Kisisa by the Egel. It always says the Am, the Am, the Am. So they only want to say Am. So by Haman, Haman did not say the name. They already had a base of Mikdash. They were already the, the Israel. What does he say? Yeshno Am Echad. Mefuzer Mefure Bein Amim. And Vuhana, what did Achashverosh say? Ha'am Lasos Pokatobe and Echad, do whatever you want with them. Achashverosh, according to different Mepharsha, might not have even known which nation it was. But Haman knew who he was talking about. He didn't say the name. Because Haman, Balak, all the Rishayim, right? They don't want to say the name. Could also be because they don't even look at us as human beings. So the way, the first sta- step in, in destroying a nation is dehumanizing them. Right? We became, in World War II, we became numbers. Once we became numbers, then we weren't people anymore. And therefore it was easy to, to obliterate us. So that's what the Azayim Torah says. We're an Am. We're not. We're not Yisrael in the eyes of Balk and Bilam. But Baruch Hashem, we identify ourselves as Am Yisrael. And that is, that is our identity. Okay. Same Pasuk. A little bit later, actually. Chav Beis, it's the same, could have had to say the same idea, the same uh, uh, aliyah. So we have Bilam trying to be convinced, and he goes with the Zikni, more than the Zikni Midyan. Bilam finally comes to Balak, and Balak says, um, please curse, curse the, curse the people for me. So Bilam turns to God. It's fascinating, if you look, I think I mentioned this last, last year as well, if you look in the Torah Shibachsav, in the text itself, Bilam doesn't seem to be such a terrible person. Just in the text, until maybe towards the end. Because right, he was asked to curse the Jews, and what does he do? He asks Hashem, what should I do? It doesn't seem to be so bad in the Pesukim. As if God doesn't know what's going on. Balak says to me, There's a nation out there. And what does Hashem say to Bilaam? You can't go. Don't go. And what does Bilaam say? The next word he gets up and tells Balak and says, Sorry, I can't go. Seems to be starting off pretty good. Every Pasuk, Chazal Darshan, that it's really uh, this something underhanded that Bilaam meant. Even if you give me all the money in the world, right, I'm not going to go. Mashta that he really wanted all the money. So they, they interpret. But obviously we know we don't just learn Torah Shabbat Sav. Tarshavapet tells us that he was a tremendously wicked person. But anyway, back to the Pasuk in Pasuk Yidal. So Bilam says to Hashem, Bolak ben Tzipar, Melech Moav Sholach Eli. Bolak sent to me, Hini Am Hayotzeim in Mitzrayim, Ayachatzas in Haaretz. This nation that went out of Mitzrayim, we already spoke about Am, right? Refers to it again as the Am. They cover, please curse for me. Am. If you look back in the previous Pesukim, Pasuk Hay, Pasuk hey, when Balak is actually talking to Bilam, what's the phrase used in the Torah? Hine am yatsa mi Mitzrayim. A nation has gone out of Egypt, went out of Egypt. Hine chisaz in Aretz, past tense. When Bilam is talking to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, it's present tense. Am hayotse mi Mitzrayim. What's the switch? When Balak talks to Bilaam, he says, there's a nation that went out of Mitzrayim, you have to do this. When Bilaam is talking to Hashem, he views it as an Am HaYotzei, it's present tense. Says Rav Moshe Feinstein, source number three, in the Drash Moshe. It seems to be a slight little detail, but really there's something very deep going on here. Venera line three. 
כי בואק חשב שהעם ישראל ככל העמים אשר רוצים להשגיח משהו היה קודם שהיו עם ומלוכה. You know what Balak thought? Balak didn't realize the secret of the Jewish people. Balak thought that Jews live like all other nations live in the present. In the present. What's in front of me? I have to do right now what I need to do. And that's why he said, yeah, they went out of Egypt. That's just a descriptive to describe. He didn't want to say the name of the nation. So he had to say, oh, they went out of Mitzrayim by putting this together with the previous vart. Just giving a historical context. Bilam knew otherwise. Bilam, we know, was the greatest Navi that the non-Jews ever had. The Midrashim compared Bilam to Moshe. Bilam was an unbelievable. Right? So he was compared. He was very wise. So he says Yotze. Why? What does Yotze mean? Because he knows that Jews don't just live in the present. Ubilam Yada, where it's underlined. Kihu Shalokachal Ha'amim. Ela Adaraba. Laolam Yadu Shayatsumi Mitzrayim. They will always remember that they went out of Egypt. They don't forget. This nation does not forget their past. This nation lives with an appreciation of their past. Every day of the present and with an eye towards the future as well. How many times does it say in the Torah? Remember you went out of Egypt, remember you went out of Egypt. That's how we are allied unto the nations. By living in the presence with an appreciation of the past and an eye towards the future. Right? Not like the the pitgam, the phrase that that uh, that some say, right? Ha'avar ayin for hasida dain v'yahova keherafayin da'agaminayin. The past isn't here anymore. The future is not here yet. The present is a flit, uh, blink of an eye. So what are you worrying about? Right? So we do not believe in that. Right? We believe, even though there's a song about it, and uh, we could sing it, but uh, but on a deeper level, we don't say ha'avar ayin. The past is still with us, and we live for the future. And the present is infinitely valuable. We don't say if Ahovah Karafayan. It's Karafayan, but you know what we could accomplish with that Karafayan? Says of Moshe, Bilam understood that. Bilam understood we're Yotse mi Mitzrayim. And that's the way that we could reach our, our potential in life by affecting everyone around us. Balachain, the same thing, line 16, skip down. Balak Amar, Almashahu Atah, Shekisa Ein Haaretz. Right, Boak says, look, this nation has covered the land. Kisa says, Aretz. Bilam is worried about the future. He says, Vayachas, a Lushen, a future Lushen. Right, because he, he knows this is a, this is a unique nation. This is, this is the Jewish people. Jewish people don't just live in the present. We have a different type of time association than any other nation. We've mentioned the thought, one thought in the past and one new thought related to this issue of time. The one thought in the past we mentioned, I, I don't remember which context, but um, I'm sure some of you will remember it. A thought from the Shemana Tov, Rabbi Weinberger in source number four. Shemana Tov points out, we all know the Medrash, that we talk about Sukkot's time, that each of the Dalin Minim are connected to one of the parts of our body. Each of the Dalin Minim. As we know... Dalad Aminim, Maramzim, Dalad Aminim. First, it's Maramis on the four types of Jews, but also it's, it's Maramis on line three on the four parts of our body. The Esrog is Domet to our heart. The Lulav is Domet to our spine. The Hadassim are Domet to our eyes. And the Aravos are Domet to our lips. Aravos even look like lips. That's how you remember the difference. Hadassim and Aravos. Aravos are Domet to the lips. Ask the Shem and a simple question. Three out of four work out perfectly. One heart and one Esrog. One spine and one lulav. Two aravos and two lips. 
three hadasim and two eyes. So, how does that work? What's the parallel? Why are there three hadasim while we only have two eyes? So there might be, says Hashem Anato, first, maybe it means the eye of understanding, the eye of Havana. Sometimes when we're talking to somebody and we're trying to convince somebody of something and then they say, oh, now I see it. You see it. Now I see it because there's an eye of Havana. The first Pasuk in Vayera says Vayar two times. Vayar. Avram sees the Malachim. Vayar, Rashi says on the second one, he understood that they were in need and they wanted a place to come. So he invited them in. Vayar, Vayar. So maybe that's the extra eye of a Jew. The eye of Havana. But then he says, related to what we say. Line 15. So what's No, you know what it means? A Jew has three eyes. Past, present, and future. A Jew lives in three spheres. Without looking at our great Misora of our past. And looking towards the promises of the future, that we can't presently understand the present. We can't realize the godless and the special privilege that we have carrying the torch of the, in the chain of Jewish history if we don't look back and know that we're, we're what we're carrying and what we're heading towards. And that's what it says in the Mishnah. Look at three things. Second Mishnah in Perkyavas that we're doing for the evening. Right? Look at the three things and you won't come to an Avera. May I in Basa, where you come from? That's the Avera, that's the past. Where are you going? That's the future. I'm sorry. Where are you going? That's the present. That's the future. Look at three things. You have to look at three things. Histakel. Because every Jew has three eyes. Those are the three eyes of the Hadas. And then he even says, maybe each of our avos corresponds to one of these eyes, one of these viewpoints that each Jew, uh, each Jew uh, has. By the way, this is a great back pocket of our Torah. If you have to speak at any time, any Shabbos, any Yantav, anywhere. This has to do with everything. It's about the, uh, with the way the Jew looks at life. The Jew looks at the world. So right here, this is Shem and Atov. Obviously, it's great for Sukkot, but uh, even not Sukkot. Anyway, but let's uh, just end off with this. He says on the next page, on the top, he says, this could even, quotes from Hutner that these could even connect to Avram Yitzhak Yaakov. Avram Avinu, what was his focus? His focus was Chesed, his focus was Gerim, his focus was actively pursuing the present, getting people to believe in monotheism. He's the Hove. Avram symbolizes the Hove. Yitzchak, Yitzchak was the first Av that was Nemo Lashmona. He was the first Av that had his bris on day eight. He was the first born Jew, Yitzchak Avinu. So he symbolizes a perfect past. His roots are perfect. He was born Jewish. He had a bris meal on the eighth day. So that's the that's Yitzchak Avinu. Yaakov Avinu symbolizes Mitaso Shlema, the first one to have perfect progeny. Avram had a Yishmael. Yitzchak had an Esav. Yaakov, Mitas Hashlem, he had, he had the Shifteka, symbolizing the future. Children are the future of our, of our, uh, our existence. We always look towards the future. As we spoke about last week by, by Aaron Akohen, living through his, living through his children. But that's the three Avos symbolizing of our Hov and Asad as well. But this is all going back to Rav Moshe. Bilam knew this secret. Bilam says, Am Hayotsemi Mitzrayim. They're going out now. It's not that Am Yatsa. It's Am Hayotsemi Mitzrayim. 
Finally, just also related to this, before we get to the next thought, it's a beautiful piece. I gave you a, a, a bunch of it, not the whole thing. Beautiful piece from Shiuri Harav, where Salvechik, a couple of his drushes were put together in Shiuri Harav. I gave it to you in source number six and seven, where he also talks about time awareness. Look at the second paragraph. We'll just read up different parts of it. These different existential awarenesses are determined by different time awarenesses. While grammar uses three tenses, past, present, and future, existentially, the present lies in the past or in the future and cannot be isolated as a separate experience. Like, there is truth to that statement we mentioned before. There is no present. What is present? It, it, if you ever, if you ever at the Madison Square Garden and you, there's a, there's a clock on there that has like not only the, min, the hours and the minutes and the second, it has like the milliseconds and it has the, I don't know, milli de milliseconds, whatever it is. You, you like look at the clock and like, wow, time is going so fast. Like you look at your watch, it's like, seems like slow, especially if you don't have a, a second hand on your watch. Yeah, how long does it take to get from the, from the, from the, from the minute hand to get from here to here? It doesn't seem like it's going so fast. But if you, have, you ever buy a, a clock that, that has milliseconds, like, it's zooming. It's like, whoa, I have to, so really there is no present. It's really a compilation of past and future. It's all, it's all one connected thing. What we call the present is only a vantage point from which we look forward or backward. Time is experienced by us in retrospection as a memory or recollection and in expectation and anticipation as a vision of events which will transpire sometime hence. That is just logically but then the rough continues and says, as a Jew, it's even deeper. Go to the next page. Judaism attempts to combine the experience of youth and age and requires of the Jew that he be simultaneously and perhaps paradoxically both young and old, like a tree whose roots absorb their nourishment from the soil and whose foliage is caressed by sunlight flowing from a distant and unknown future. The Jew must be deeply rooted in his past and inspired by a vision of the future. That's what we live in. We're Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov Jews. That's why we have three Avos. Next paragraph. We must recognize that there are two kinds of memory. The first is an intellectual memory which mechanically recalls and assembles factual data. The Rav says we don't just remember things, but we relive. We didn't go out of Mitzrayim. Every day we remember what other religion has laws to remember things that happened years ago and have laws to remember things that daily that happened years ago? And once a year, even deeper. Once a year to relive it. Once a year to relive it, and you can apply that to all the Yom Tovim. To relive Kabbalah Satora. To relive the Ananiah Kavid going outside to the Sukkah. But that's what Judaism is about. We don't leave the past in the past. Right? It's in the future. It's the famous story of Napoleon mentioned in many uh, different uh, contexts. At one time he was, he was traveling through Jerusalem, one of his travels, and it happened to be, he looked inside, he sees a shul, people sitting on the floor. So he says to them, what are you sitting on the floor for? He says, no, our, 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 our temple was destroyed. He's like, really? I didn't hear about it. When was your temple destroyed? I didn't hear. He's like, no, no. They said, no, no, a, couple, a thousand years ago. A thousand years ago? You're still mourning it? A people that, Napoleon says, a people that mourn their temple that happened so far away, they obviously have a future. Because they didn't forget. As the Gemara says, Because we are a past, present, and future people all in one, and it's all learned out, says Rav Moshe, from one little change of tense in our parsha. Balak says Yotza. Bilam says Yotze. He understands it. Okay, you can finish reading the, the Rav's piece, but uh, we're going to now move on.
Okay, let's get to a major discussion. Perch Aves, Pasach Bilam and the Aton. We translate it as a donkey, some type of a mule, donkey. Vatera Ha'aton, it's Malach Hashem, Pasach Zion. The donkey sees the Malach, Vatir Batzachas Bilam, Vayichara Bilam, Bilam gets very angry, he hits his Aton. Vayiftach Hashem as Piha Aton, one of the most amazing psukim in all of Tanakh. Hashem opens up the mouth of the Aton. Hashem opens it up. Vatomer Labilam, what are you hitting me for? You hit me these three times. We spoke last year about why it's a shalosh regalim. Maybe the next pasuk is even more amazing. Bilam doesn't jump. He takes it all in straight. He doesn't say, what's going on here? What's happening? My donkey's talking to me. What does Bilam say? He answers the donkey. Right? It's as if, I once heard Rabbi Friend pose this question as, it's like you go out to your car in the morning, you turn on the car, and it like gives a little... Uh, uh, and all of a sudden, the car starts talking to you. Would you like, probably faint, start screaming, what's going on here? But that's what happened here. The donkey turns out to Bill. Bil- what does Bill do? He answers it. Can you please go? He doesn't say a word. It's amazing. That's even more amazing than Bill just takes it in stride. Okay, they're both amazing. This is the nace of the Piha Aton. Two questions. Number one, what exactly did the Aton say? Did the Aton say um, amazing, amazing thoughts, deep esoteric messages? What did the Aton say? Bilam, why'd you hit me? Right? And Bilam says, I'm going to kill you. And the Aton says, what do you mean? I'm your lovable donkey that you've always been with for so many years. That's it. That's all two sentences. Two sentences we have from this donkey. We have two Rav Sarotskins. This is the second one. Yes, Rav Sarotskin. Hashem had it perform such an amazing miracle just to have the donkey say nothing? What did he say? Okay, two weeks ago, Parsha. Okay, Korach. Hashem opened up, opened up the ground and the most amazing earthquake that ever took place. Right? Wherever the people were of, of Korach and his crew, they, the grounds tilted and they slid in with all their belongings and it covered up. And the Gemara says, every Rosh Chodesh, they call out, Moshe Emes, Vesorosu Emes. That was a, that was a miracle. It was amazing. But why did Hashem have to do this nace? Let the Malach just talk to... Let a Bosco go out. The, it had to be the Piatone? Question one. Right, what, what was this? What was this? Why, why, did, it, why did the Malach just, just mention it? Question one. And even, it's really the same question, but even to emphasize the question, this, as we know, is one of the items that are mentioned in Perkyavos that were created Bein The last few moments of Misa Bracious, there were a number of items created. The Piha Aretz, as I just mentioned, the, uh, the Mate of, uh, that was used in all the Makas, a lot of major, uh, major um, events, items were created. Say Ezra of Saratskin, line ten. Lama nivra piyatom meir shavas bein hashmashos. Kedei lo mele bilam dvarim sheim bem shum chachma v'toeles. There wasn't like a deep message that Bilam was getting here. He just said, "Where are you going? What are you doing? Why are you hitting me?" Follow daya shav malach yishalas Bilam. Why didn't the malach just Hashem let the malach tell Bilam? Almaki, right? What happened by Lavan? Hashem said the malach to tell Lavan. Right? Lavan had an had an. What of his animals start talking to him? In a mouse. Why did Hashem do that? What do you have to do with through the aton? So we had one idea last year. Rav Sorosky has a couple of ideas. We'll, we're not going to mention all of them. We'll just do three. Three of his ideas. Line 16, number one. Al yedei hasra ha-gimel ramzu labilam 
Yisrael. You know what the message is? He's alluding to Bilam that Bilam will not be able to do what he wants to do. You think you're in control of your mouth? You think you could say whatever you want to say? You want to go curse the Jews? You're going to be able to curse? Let me hint to you that I'm in control of who says what in this world. I'm in control if people talk, if animals talk, if a chair would talk. I'm in control. That's the message. He would have gotten that message if the Malach had said something to him. God made the animal talk to tell Bilam, Bilam, I'm in charge of what you're going to say. So don't think you're going to get around me. Don't think you're going to be able to say what you want to say. My lips are with me. Who's my master? That's why Hashem showed him. Speech is a gift from God. Bilam, take the message, which he did not. But that was approach number one, to give Bilam that message. Number two, says Rav Saratskin, maybe it was to embarrass him. Right? If a Malach would have come out, first of all, maybe the other people with him wouldn't have heard him. But these these people that were... But Bilam was hired by Balak. All these advisors were with, and all of a sudden, Bilam is talking to his donkey. And Bilam said, Chazal say that, oh, I don't know where my horses are. You know, a donkey is not the most glamorous animal. Right? That's what the Mepharshim say, that the Pesach and Zechariah says that Mashiach is going to come on a donkey. Why a donkey? Give me a stallion. Give me a, some, uh, I don't know, a, a unicorn. Some gore, some night. A donkey? So there are different messages why he's going to come on a donkey. But it's not the most glamorous animal, a chamar. Yisachar is a chamar garim. So why, so... He has to talk to his donkey. The donkey's being stubborn and not moving. So it's embarrassing for him. So maybe that's why I made him talk. Number two. Finally, let's go to the third one, which is his fifth. Line 42. I'm sorry. I want to do the last one. The last, last line. Last word. When the donkey started talking, it's a message for people. We should realize that animals don't have intellect like people. We should realize the message being that there is, like the Kuzari says, four levels of being in life. There are the inanimate objects, the rocks and the stones and the dirt, the domain. There are the tzomchim, the growers, the plants and the trees. There are the animals, balechayim, and then there's people on top. Never the twain or the four shall meet. We should not think that just because animals can't talk that really, if they would have the ability to talk, they would be able to give off tremendous intellectual prowess they would show. says of Sarotskin, if anybody out there thinks that, scholars, we should not think that. And that's why Hashem showed once in history that the donkey talked. What did he say? We know that there are certain animals with tremendous senses, even more than people. Like the scent that dogs have. Look what he says. Sarraskin didn't live too long ago. He lived in the beginning of the 1900s. They use dogs to find murderers. Who are hiding somewhere? Or when is there a storm? Is it going to rain? Right, so animals have certain uh, types of chushim. Uh, 
Right? There's uh, different animals have uh, certain hearing abilities, but um There's a chashash. People might think They might think, hey, animals have a lot of wisdom. They just can't express it. That's why Kodesh Baruch Hu, once in history at least, gave the gave the power to an animal to talk. There's not too much chachma here. Two sentences and that's it. Wasn't the greatest of of giluyim? Um, That's the message, says Rasruskin. So we did three. He has more here. Just to ha'ara in brackets, not for now. But uh, the Mefarshim point out back on Parshas Bracious that it does not say there va'yiftach Hashem et piha nachash. It just says that the nachash spoke. You see why that is? Was the nachash able to speak before it sinned? Did it have? It says va'nachash haya arum mikol chayes asada. Does that mean it had chachma? It had seichel? It's a fascinating discussion. The Abarbanel has a long discussion of it, but you can look back in Parshas Bracious, where it doesn't, just to contrast the Pasuk here, it doesn't say that there. It's as, as if it's more natural there. Maybe it was at that time of, uh, while they were still in Ganeda. Okay. Good. Let's move on. Chafez Mem. Chafez Mem. Says the Pasuk. Where are we? I'm sorry, Chav Gimel Mem. Chav Gimel Mem? A few times. But you have to know either one. There are a couple of times on the way, Balak is going with Bilam to curse the Jews, and Balak says, you know what? Bilam, it's a good idea to build some Mizbechos uh, and bring some Karbanas. Let's bring some Karbanas to try to get some Zuchuyos on our side. And in that way, yeah, there's Per Chav Pesach Mem. I was right. Vayizbach Balak Tzon Bakar Balak gives Karbanas. What's Balak, the king of Moab, giving Karbanas for? Pasig Mem, look in Rashi. Right, he gives one bakar and one son. What exactly is the message? So Chazal tell us that he was trying to get on God's good side. He was trying to do some mitzvahs, right, Shalol not, not for the greatest of Kavanas, in order to get on his good side, in order to be able to then have the power to curse the Jews. Says Rav Nevenzal, source number 10. Again, all these pieces are somewhat uh, lengthy. We can't do a whole piece of Rav Nevenzal, but we'll do uh, a part of a piece in source number 10. The Gemara says in Masechus Nazir, says Rav Nevenzal, yasok adam mitzvahs A person should be osik matara mitzvahs even shalol lishma, right? Even without the greatest of intentions. Shemitoh shalol lishma ba lishma. It's I'll say, even though we do shalol lishma, it'll lead to lishma, so we should even do a shalol lishma. What's the raya? What's the story? That the Gemara brings as a raya, you should always do mitzvah Balak. Balak gave karbonos shalolishma. And therefore, you see, he did shalolishma, and he did it, and he got schar for that. What kind of schar did he get for those karbonos? Chazal tell us that he had a famous descendant. Balak Melech Moav came out from him, Rusa Moaviyah. Because he brought Karbanas, Rus HaMoavia came out from them. That's the Raya, that's the source for Le'olam Yasagadam, Torah Mitzvahs, Shalol Lishma, Shibitach Shalol Lishma, Balashma. Says of Nevitzal, what is going on here? Balak, the king of Moab, because he did this act, he got Rus? It's like all on his head. 
Rus is Rus is is the the ancestor of 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 David of Mashiach, and Balak Balak trying to curse the Jews. He's trying to destroy the Jews, and because he did a mitzvah, this is this amazing thing happens to Klal Yisrael. Says Rav Nevezal, you know what you see from here, a number of points, but the first one he says is mitzvos naturally bring goodness to Klal Yisrael. Even if somebody doesn't have the greatest of kavanas, if a mitzvah is done, that's great for Klal Yisrael. Even if you have the worst of intentions, if it's really a mitzvah, you broke kavanas. Says of Nevenzal, that's what you see. Let's read with his words. Um, let's go to line twenty-four again. We're going to skip around. Actually, let's just read from the bottom. Achain lefiavanatenu akoshi huatzum. It is an unbelievable problem. Balak is trying to destroy the Jews, and through this act, he brings about the Jews' ultimate geula. How does that work? Achzui hamitzius. This is reality, says Reb Nevenzal. Chazal heim hamalam demosanu mai hamitzius hamitas. What is true reality? Kais romanu maadir kochashol mitzvah. We don't understand the power of a mitzvah. We do a little chesed. We do anything. We 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 you clean up the base medrash, right? You come in and buy something for a shul. We do a, we give somebody a ride. We open a door for somebody. Anything. We give staka. We put on tefillin. We have no idea what happens in Shamayim when we do that. And the decisions that are made in Shamayim for Klal Yisrael when a mitzvah is done. One mitzvah of Bawak, Karbanos. We don't understand the power of a mitzvah. Even if only the external shell of the mitzvah is done. And the kavana is total opposite of what Hashem wants. Gamkach nitan lirchosh minoya b'melech hamashiach. Gam b'dimui mitzvah shekazeh nasa shutafim l'tikena olam. That's what you see. You see the unbelievable power of a mitzvah, even if it's for the worst kavanas, even if the person doing it has the opposite of intentions. Has the opposite of intentions. Says Rav Nevezal, again, we're not going to do the second part of it. Just skip now to the end of uh, Source 11. Feel free to do the other parts of it. Number one is, what do you learn from here? Says Rav Nevezal, three things. Midvarim Eila, line 30. Number one, Just do the mitzvah. Do the mitzvah. Number two, Try to get it lishma as best as you can, because in the part that we skipped, there was some some negativity that came onto Klal Yisrael because of what he did. We're not going to focus on that now, but so we have to try to do it as best as we can. But the more important, the most important thing in that he tells us is just do the mitzvah, get it done, do the ma'isa mitzvah, even if the kavanas are not so perfect. Okay, it's getting late. That's why I didn't want to go through the whole piece because there are two or three other beautiful inyanim that we have to get to. There's a one-liner from the Chafetz Chaim. I saved it for now. It's in the context of the, um, in, in this placement of the parsha. Could have said it at the beginning, at the end. But there's a Chafetz Chaim to remember. Bilam says, Tamus nafsi Moshe Sharib. I want to die the death of the Yisharim. Who are the Yisharim? Chazal tells Avram Yisrael and Yaakov. Bilam yearned for the death of the Yisharim. If you look in Parachav Gimel, Pasuk Yud, that's one of his nevuas he said. 
I want my destiny to be like them. That's what Bilam says in Pasuk Yud. Says the Chafetz Chaim, Bilam was not ready to live as a Jew. But he definitely wanted to die as a Jew. It's much easier to die as a Jew than to live as a Jew. To live every day. Mesiris Nefesh. There are a lot of do's and don'ts. 613, 365, 248. To live as a Jew is challenging. If we do it properly and we have the proper attitude, there's nothing like it. But on the surface, right, you might feel like uh, we can't, there's so many things that were limited. Bilam wasn't ready to commit to live as a Jew. But at the afterlife, to believe in Olam Haba, to believe in being close to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, to believe in Tchiyas HaMesim, I'll take that. I'm ready to die as a Jew, as, an, as one of the others. I'm not ready to live as a Jew yet. That's the commitment of a Bilam. That's not our commitment. Says the Chavetz Chaim. Bilam Arash Allah Ratz Aliyachos Chai Yehudi Amaimin. He didn't want to live as a Jew. Rak Nafsho. Chashka Lamus. Most Yehudi Neeman. He wanted to die the death. He wanted to be like a, get all the credit at the end. Yan Chai Yehudi Amiti Ena Suga Bashoshanim. Literally, the life of a Jew is not a hedge of roses, says uh, the Chafetz Chaim. Brakotzim, the chatchatim zrum betarko, with the most downtrodden people, thorns and thistles. Va'alav lahavlik al kulam, as zeh rashay lasos, as zeh osalol lasos, as zeh tochlu, as zeh lotochlu, avalokin hamaves. Death. We know this world is a prusdar. Chazal tell us. The Gemara in Avodah tells us we should talk be'erev Shabbos, Yochav Shabbos. This is all. This whole world is erev Shabbos. Whole world is Arab Shabbos. It's the next world. Right, we believe in the next life. What does the Pasuk say in Koheles? Tov Yom Hamaves Miyom Hivaldo. Greater is the day of death than the day of birth. The day of death, you see what a person has accomplished already. He can look, we can look back and evaluate and say, look what he has accomplished, what he has earned. Day of birth, you don't know what's going to be yet. But that's the Chavetz Chaim. Bilam had the commitment he wanted to die as a Jew. But he wasn't ready to live as a Jew. We have the commitment to live as a Jew, Baruch Hashem. Okay, two more points for the evening. Two more points. One is a famous Ha'ara that is made, but I didn't see this thought quoted by, uh, by many, but the question is, is uh, pointed out. We have one of the six psukim in this week's Parsha, that the Mesorah is, that it must be on top of a column in the Torah. Has, uh, so the, um, is the abbreviation that the, the Ramah quotes in Yeridea. Uh, six Psukim that every Sofer knows has to be on the top of a column. The first one is easy. Beratius. That's the base. Beis Yud Hei, Yud is Yehuda, Toyo Ducha Achecha. Beis Yud Hei, Hei is how, um, I forgot what the Hei is, but the, the, um, because Shemo, the Vav is via Idabam. That's at the end. That's in Vayelech. And the Mem is this week's parsha. Matovo Olecha Yaakov. Matovo's gotta be at the top of a column. So everybody Corey knows, you get to Matovo, you're at the top of the next column. You fill in the, fill in the blanks in the Psukim that we, that we didn't mention. So because Shemo. Um, Matovo Olecha Yaakov. So we start off our davening every single day by quoting a non-Jewish wicked person who wanted to kill the Jews and curse them. Pretty amazing. We couldn't find a more beautiful Pusik or a different nice Pusik to quote somebody better. We have to quote Bilam when we walk into Shul. Matovo. It's a beautiful Pusik, fine. But God made him say it. 
And he said it. Bilam said it. Bilam was terrible. He was a machti. He caused so many Jews to die. What do we have to quote Bilam for? Right at the beginning of Davidic. What's the message? Says the Torah Tamima. We're going to end off with two Torah Tamimas today. But the first thought is not from the Torah Tamima on Chumash. It's from his Sefer. It's from, from Baruch HaLevi Yeftin's Sefer on Siddur. Called Baruch Sha'amar. There's Baruch Sha'amar on Siddur. There's Baruch Sha'amar on, on Pirkei Avos and on the Haggadah. So in Baruch Sha'amar on Siddur, that's what you have in front of you. And he asks this question. First of all, you can even find a pasuk that talks about the greatness of shuls and Bati Medrash. Even if you wanted to talk about the same theme, you'd have to quote Bilam. So he has two points. They lead one into the other. Number one. V'ef Shalafarish on line nine. Ki Adarapa, Ki Hanosenes. Says the Torah Tamima, that's exactly the point. We dafka take Bilam. Klomar. Kila Siba sin aso haazali Israel. Rolik voa dafka dvarev shalo. Virakem yakaimu laene kol. Es kolin yanim haatsurabahem. There's a deep message why Bilam dafka is being quoted. Why? If you ask, ask this question. If you ask a parent, you know, what's your kid like? He's not going to be objective. Yeah, he's great. He's wonderful. He's amazing. Right, if you ask anybody who has any personal connection about another person, right, yeah, a reference. Sometimes in references it says, cannot be a relative or good friend. Why not? Because they're not going to be objective. Of course they're going to say good things. If you ask a great Navi, let's say we're going to quote a Pasuk from Yeshayo. Of course, what do you, what do you think Yeshayo's Navi is going to say about my Tovol Echayakov? He's so objective. But a Pasuk from the Torah, we dafka take Bilam who was so anti-everything we believe in, and look what he said. If he said it, it must be true. If even he said it, that's what we quote. And he says that's the... Um, where are we? Kimi Teva Ha'adam, line 13. Whenever a person speaks about something that's very beloved to him, they exaggerate. If I love something, I exaggerate very much about it. If I hate something, if I hate something, then I'll exaggerate also. If a child doesn't want to eat a certain food, they won't just say, no, thank you. They'll say, this is disgusting. I, this is gross. I can't even sit next to it. Right? They just don't want to eat it. But they're going to exaggerate it because of the feelings they have about it. Says, says uh, the Torah Tamima, that is why we need... That's why we need this. He should have minimized any type of praise that he gave the Jewish people, and yet he didn't. He said one of the most beautiful psukim. We dafka take that. We dafka take that because that's objective. And he said this is even beautifully the pshat line twenty eight of the pasuk in Mishlei. Let a stranger praise you and not your own mouth. Because a stranger could be objective. A stranger could always give a more precise evaluation than anyone who is directly connected. Right? And that's the, uh, that's point number one of the Torah to That's why you quote Bilam. But then he quotes another connected idea. And that is 
this is also, I didn't give it to you, but this is also quoted in the Hakdama of the Chizkuni, one of the early we shown him, on Chumash. The Chizkuni never quotes anybody. He says, he's not one of the earliest we've shown him, but he'll never quote anybody by name. The Chizkuni writes, and this is exactly what the Torah Tzimimi here says, sometimes you got to judge the idea for the idea itself, not based on who said it. Sometimes if somebody, if we uh, were listening to a shir and we hear a quote, Rabbi so-and-so, we automatically turn off or turn on, right? If it's somebody that we are inspired by, and it's like, oh, we, all of a sudden our ears perk up. And if it's somebody that we don't really believe in, or we don't think, we don't respect so much, so then we basically turn off. Says the Torah Tamima, no, shouldn't we judge the idea based on the idea itself? And whether the idea has merit, and not always based on the person saying it. Okay, that's a... Could be a dangerous idea. We're not going to the um, all the ramifications of that idea. I'm just saying his vard here. He says, maybe that's why... That's what the Chizkuni says. I'm not quoting anybody. Because she judges the idea for the idea itself. Okay, you have to know there has to be... There are kosher sources and non-kosher sources. Uh, but that's the message that the Torah Tamimi here says. Even Bilam. Even Bilam we quote because it's a true idea. Even though it's Bilam. Point number one, he's the most objective. Point number two is, so What? It's a beautiful idea and we quote it anyway. And he says, maybe this is a deeper understanding of Haroah es Hanolad. Ezehu Chacham Haroah es Hanolad. What is Nolad? So literally that means see the future. But a deeper level of understanding. He says, Roah es Hanolad. Don't look at the molid. Don't look at who produced the idea. Look at the Nolad. Look at the idea itself. That's what he says in the continuation right here. Roa S. Hadolan. It's a longer piece, but as he says on line, uh, 20, line 31. Vu lachain, lachain, ulai efshel asiya lashenze haroa sa nola, lemuvan acher klau, ki kisheroa o shomea adam dvarim, vinyanim shonim, yevaker viarich o samitzad erich atzman, im tovim hemo refuyim. Look at the idea. Is it a strong idea or not? Velo yarich o samitzad erich omrehem. Again, we're not talking about psak halacha here. If there's a psak halacha, we don't look at the idea. If we have to look at, there are major league poskim and there are minor league poskim, right? So if Ramosha Feinstein, if Shlomo Zalman, if they say something, so that has more weight in terms of our behavior than other poskim. But in terms of trying to give pshan in something and learning messages, then one can look at the merit of a specific idea. Then in the next paragraph, he talks about Roas and Nolad. Look at the Noladim and then not the Molidim. Okay, one final thought for the evening from the same author. And this is just a comment on the final tragic story in the Parsha, after the Bilam and Balak discussion. So in the last few psukim of the Parsha, which is really a lead-in to Parsha's Pinchas, really it's the beginning of the Pinchas story, we have the chait, we have the chait of, uh, also unusual, that the Torah, the Parsha ends on such a down. Usually you don't end with something negative. The last puzzle in the Parsha is that 24,000 Jews died. That's, uh, that's, that's what the parsha says. Okay. Anyway, Perachav Hei Pasak Aleph, Vayeshev Yisrael Beshitim, Vayachal Alam Leznos El Benos Moav. The Jews lived in Shitim, they sat in Shitim, and they started being Mizaneh. Just a question, keep in mind, that we're gonna answer in, in a few weeks' time, in Parsha's Matos. Right? I'm just gonna ask the question now. Who was the one that gave, it's an amazing question, but we'll answer it in a couple of weeks. Who was the one that gave the advice? For the women to go and seduce the, the, the Jews, it was Bilam. Does not mention that here. Does not mention that Bilam was behind this whole Avera here. 
Okay, keep that in mind. Why isn't it mentioned here? It's only mentioned later on in the Torah. Okay, anyway. Vayeshev Yisrael B'Shitim. The Jews were Yeshev, Yeshiva in Shitim. Says the Torah Tamima, the verb Vayeshev always has a specific connotation. Source 14. Nireh, I'll start with the, with the Chazal. Chazal tells us in Sanhedrin, Vayeshev Yisrael on top. Amr Rabbi Yochanan, Kalmakam Shenemar Vayeshev, Eino El Alashen Sar. Vayeshev is always a Alashen of pain. Vayeshev. Vayeshev Yaakov. What happened in Parsha Vayeshev? Yosef got, got sold. Vayeshev is always a Lushen of Tsar. So, Afhacha, Vayeshev Yisrael Beshitim, Vayachal Amuzosel Benos Moav. Why is Vayeshev always a negative? Says the Torah Tamima. Nirebir Ha'inyan, Adarecha Musar. She'en royal Yisrael lachavein lasos yeshiva kavua ba'olamazeh. Chazad Bnei Yisrael should not look at this world in a permanent kavua way. Vayeshev. We should use the world for whatever we need to serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu with. But we should not look at this world as the permanent state, as we just said before. It's just a pruzdar. If we focus on this world as an ends and not as a means, then we will forget our destiny. Whenever the Jews had Vayeshev, a yeshiva shel keva, that's when problems started. Because all of a sudden, they, they had a kvius. They had a kvius in Olam Hazeh. And that brought up the rogues of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And that's why it says, Vayeshev here. Because all of a sudden, they were focused on Olam Hazeh. That's Vayeshev, right? The famous Chafetz Chaim, right? He didn't have any furniture. Somebody asked him, where's all your furniture? A visitor asked him, he says, where's your furniture? He says, I'm just passing through. Chafetz Chaim says, so am I. I'm just passing through. Right, in this world, we're just passing through. That's the opposite of Vayeshev, says the Torah Tamima. Vayeshev, they had a kvius. Whenever people feel a kvius in Olam Hazeh, so then that leads to sin. That leads to Vayachel Ha'am Liznos El Benos Moav. Right, and that's what he says. Also, I gave you two other Torah Tamimas. That's what it says by Sukkah. Basukkah's Teshvu, Shivas Yamim. Teshvu Kentaduru. There it's in a positive way. We should have a yeshiva shel keva in our sukkah outside. Because that will make us feel that we're totally under HaKadosh Baruch Hu's wing. That's a good teishvu. Pasukah's teishvu shavas yamim. Have a yeshiva there, because if you have a yeshiva shel keva in your diras arai, you'll realize that life is all about arai. That's what he says there. And that's what he says also, beginning of Ayeshev. Source 15, all three places. The Torah Tamimah uh, cross-references what he says there. Vayeshev Yaakov. Yaakov, if we could say, Chazal said it, so that's what we're just interpreting Chazal. He wanted a yeshiva shalkeva, he, he wanted a little rest, he's had a tough life. But Vayeshev, he wanted a little uh, focus on this world, a little rest, and Kodesh Baruch Hu says, not for now. It's not in your destiny. The three Vayeshevs, Vayeshev Yisrael, Vayeshev Yaakov, and Basukas Teshvu, two negative, one positive, we should always look at this world as a means, as a way to accumulate mitzvos, like the Mesul Sharm says in his Agdama, Chobas Adam Bolamo, everything in this world are drachim to get close to Hashem, and we just have to view it as such, and that way we will bring Nachas Ruach to HaKadosh Baruch Okay, we'll stop here, and Hashem, we will continue um, next week.